Hey there, welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's interview guests are Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams of the U.S. Women's National Team, who are also the co-hosts of a new podcast called Snacks. We've had some great guests lately, including Alexis Nunez, Peter Schmeichel, and Andy Markovitz. I also encourage you to check out my podcast series, American Prodigy, The Freddie Adu Story. One thing to keep in mind ahead of this interview, Dan LaLetta and John D. Halloran reported that Mewis is set to return to the North Carolina Courage before the Olympics. Mewis had a no comment with me on that one. Now, here's my interview with Lynn Williams and Sam Mewis. Our guests now are two members of the U.S. Women's National Team. Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams played together for years for the North Carolina Courage, and they have a terrific new podcast with Just Women's Sports that is called Snacks, which you should definitely subscribe to. Sam and Lynn, congratulations on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. We are excited to be here. Awesome. First off, I want to let you know I've listened to both of your podcast episodes that have come out so far. I am really enjoying it. It's a great combination of soccer talk, fun, and real-life topics. How did the idea for doing this podcast come together, as well as the decision to make it not just about soccer and fun stuff? Yeah, um, so Justin Sports reached out to us a while ago, um, and I think at the time that they wanted to do it, me and Sam had a lot going on, and... So we were like, is this something we want to take on? Um, is this, do we even want to share our lives and let people get in and know us a little bit better? And then the more and more we thought about it and the more and more we just discussed of like our friendship and everything that had gone on this past year with social justice issues, we felt that it was important to not only show that we can be friends and fun and silly, but that we do actually have these deep conversations um, and that they're important to keep pushing these deep conversations forward. So um, two people that come from different backgrounds coming together, talking about nonsense, but soccer stuff and also some real um, hard things to talk about. Is that your perspective too, Sam? Like, I, I really admire the fact that like, you guys are really open even when things are recording on your podcast where Sam will say like, she doesn't always feel comfortable about knowing the right words, but really wanting to discuss these topics with each other. Yeah, I think um, our experience over the past year, we we went through most of quarantine together. And, and obviously during that time, there was a lot of um, racial justice issues going on in America. So Lynn and I were having these conversations and have continued to have them. And I think one of the things that I've learned um, that has has really like kind of helped me come to understand all of this better is that we have to have these conversations. And if they're uncomfortable, it means you're learning. Um, and I think that having them publicly is scary, but I think it's like a small way to encourage others to to continue talking about them and to continue to try to find ways to address issues in their own communities. Um, I have felt like shying away from it, which is something I've done in the past and not not being open to talk about it because I'm too scared of saying the wrong thing is, is kind of like allowing the issue to continue and be, it's my part in being complicit with keeping some of this in the shadows or um, not taking any like personal risk to kind of protect myself when 
a lot of people don't have a choice in the matter. So um, I'm really grateful for my friendship with Lynn because it's been um, the the best way for me to learn and, and the most open and honest relationship um, that I could imagine having these conversations with somebody. So um, I think it's just been awesome for us to get to do it and to see that other people are responding positively as well. So Lynn, could you explain to our listeners how far back you guys go? <laughs> <laughs> me, me and Samantha. Um, so, so I knew of Sam from college days. Um, playing, well, we played for the Pali Blues together for a hot second, but we obviously played against each other. She went to UCLA. I went to Pepperdine. So I always knew of Sam. And then one one day we got invited um, to the U23 camp, and I had probably known Sam actually met her for about a week playing on the Pally Blues and so we were invited to this camp down in San Diego and she and a couple of her other friends from UCLA said can you drive me and I said yeah sure so um so I did we all drove in the car to San Diego how long was that like two hours maybe three hours yeah and they just talked and I just drove. They talked and talked and talked and I drove. And then from there, um, ended up being drafted to Western New York together. We lived across from the hall from each other and barely spoke. Um, and that turned into the beautiful friendship of us living together for four years. Like, how did that transition get made from living across the hall to each other and, bar- and not speaking to each other to then becoming roommates for that long and talking to each other all the time? Well, not speaking to each other. That was a little dramatic. Um, we, <laughs> we obviously talked. We were teammates and we were on the same team for two years. And um, yeah, like we, we were we were good teammates. But I think off the field, we were just like not that close we were obviously the same age and we both kind of had our own group of friends and then after 2016 um the way it happened was we were both allocated and we were like well we have to pay for our housing we want to live together so we don't both have to pay for our housing and we knew each other enough that we were like we can make this work um and little did I know that that was going to like blossom into like one of my best friendships. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. We were just like really good roommates. Like I think we do enjoy some of the same things, but we also are like, I don't know, kind of different. And I think for whatever reason, it just worked. And like, I never got annoyed at Lynn. Like I was never like, oh, she left her bowl in the sink. I was just like, I would never, like, we never, I never got annoyed. Like, I never cared. It was just so fun. And we have such good conversations. So it's been, it was just great. I couldn't agree more. Like, like Sam said, <laughs> there's obviously things that we do differently. But even if we were, I guess, annoyed, quote unquote, we could just, we had a relationship where we could just say, like, can you just do this? And we were like, oh, yeah, so, so I'm so sorry. Yeah, I can do that. It's funny because I actually lived a year in college with my best friend and we were not best friends after the year that we lived together in college. So like, congrats on, on having the living thing, living together thing work out well. Um, you both seem to be really comfortable with each other on this podcast, uh, to the point where I feel like you're going to put me out of a job someday. Is that comfort come naturally or, or have you had to, to work at it on this media side? Well, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I think like we feel like we have a lot to learn like for example in episode two at the beginning we had some notes to go through but we like ran through them so fast and we're kind of breaking it up by like minutes so i was looking on on the zoom at lynn like oh my god we're at like four minutes and i have nothing else to say um um but i think that so we are learning and hopefully we'll 
kind of like get through some of those like little hiccups and, and like flesh out all the details and everything. But I think that from the feedback we've got, it feels like people are just hanging out with us. And I hope that that comes through as just authentic because it's, it's really fun to record them because I actually do feel like I'm just hanging out with Lynn and we're just like sitting together at home and chatting. So I hope that that comes through. And I think that that was our goal when we started it. Yeah. My sense is, is that this is a cool medium in that you don't need to be a hundred percent perfectly polished. Like you're on television or doing live TV or something like that. And so like you can kind of make a mistake every once in a while. You can always edit, but like, it's it's not something that should be like uptight or cause you to feel uptight and you don't come off that way and you also set each other up like it seems like you both ask each other questions in a way that it's it seems like a pretty equal balance on that front oh well thank you yeah i think that that just happens because of our friendship and like knowing how to well let me tell you, sometimes we don't know how to communicate, but for some reason in the first two episodes, it's been working out. Um, but I do think that comes just from living with each other for so long and being friends for so long that I know Sam's tendencies and she knows mine. And we naturally just, like Sam said, I hope that it comes off that we're just having a natural conversation and we are obviously not professionals at this, but we, we will get it together. <laughs> no, it's going to be cool to kind of see where it goes from here. So you know, obviously the Olympics are coming up. Um, your club seasons are sort of in different stages, but like, what are you, what sort of topics are you expecting to address in coming episodes of your podcast? Well, um, we do the, the fun section. Who knows? I mean, we, we are going to need some, some ideas down the road and some fan, um, engagement because it, I think that section has like so much potential, um, we do want to have guests come on. I think we would love to, um, have guests from our teams and from the soccer world and try to keep it, um, a little bit like unique and interesting and maybe bring them in on the real stuff. Um, which of course has already covered racial issues, but I imagine could cover anything. Um, and then bring them in on the fun stuff too, and maybe keep them on their toes and show people a side of ourselves and the guests that they haven't seen before. So, I feel like the world is our oyster and just women sports has done such a good job giving us freedom to, and, and really like, um, autonomy to like take control and, and tell them what we want to talk about and, um, explore just the relationship and the way it works. So we're really excited. I feel like it could go anywhere. How about you, Lynn? I mean, are there any particular th th topics or, or discussion points that you see coming up? I'm mean, obviously the Olympics is coming up. Yeah, obviously. I think that first and foremost, we are soccer players. So soccer is always going to be in our podcast um, and personal stuff. But I think that we are going to talk about what is relevant at the time. So it we can't just say like we're going to talk about X, Y and Z because we don't know what's going to happen in, in the next week. Um, but but yeah, of course, soccer stuff and a personal stuff. But the fun side, I think that showing people that we are real humans and we still have the same. We, we said it on our podcast, like we don't wash our sheets um, <laughs> <laughs> and we embarrass our moms and um, things like that that show that like we are real humans. But at the same time, wanting to have those deep. Oh, my gosh, my mom wanting to have. Speaking of my Is mom, that your mom, that's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Wanting to wash your teeth, Lynn. I know she heard me. She heard me. Uh, 
But wanting to have those like deep conversations of um, whatever social justice issue that is relevant at the time. Yeah, I, I do want to ask one more question about that, because in the first two episodes, you've talked about how you and your teammates have addressed the George Floyd murder last year with the Courage players meeting together in a park and having the black players speak and the white players listen. And then the Derek Chauvin guilty verdict recently when Lynn gave the verdict to a pregame locker room right before a game and players were, were crying in the locker room. Why do you think the Courage has been able to address these topics in the way that the team has, and maybe some other NWSL teams we've heard haven't done that as openly from what we're hearing? Yeah, I, I, I maybe we could both speak to it, but I think that the Courage, maybe for two reasons in my view, like the Courage is a unique team for me where there is a comfortability and an openness with each other and, and a, a team chemistry that is almost unrivaled that that I've experienced. But two, I think that we had some experience dealing with difficult issues in our locker room um, a few years prior around Gay Pride Month. We had to have that conversation. And um, I think it showed us that we could have these conversations and still be a team. And there are some things that are more important than soccer. We, we also kind of learned a lesson, I think, then that we wished we had done more to show our support for gay pride month as a team. So I think when we kind of got another opportunity to demonstrate and to communicate and to, um, show how strongly we felt against racial violence, we wanted to make sure we did that as best that we could. Yeah. I think, I think Sam, um, nailed the head, the nailed the head on the head. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say. Um, um, but yeah, I think that, like Sam said, to think we are so comfortable. We've been playing together for so long that um, this team really has become like my family, my family away from home. Um, and I know that sounds cliche, but it has, especially because when you when you play with people for seven years, it's just like, yeah, you're so comfortable. Um, and then we did. We, we have had to have some hard conversation about gay pride. And I think we in the past we were young and naive to seeing that us not speaking out or saying something was hurting a whole group of people and so um when it when it came to do it again we were like we can't make this mistake again and so um i wish we could go back and and redo that but but we are trying to show that we we are growing we're evolving and we're not going to just sit on the sideline anymore no, oh, thanks for sharing that. Um, switching gears, uh, the competition inside the U.S. women's national team has always seemed crazy intense to me. Is that even more the case when you're competing for just 18 spots on this year's Olympic squad compared to 23 spots for the World Cup? Yes, of course. <laughs> Short answer, yes. Um I think what makes the U.S. so great is that you have so many positions that are not solidified and that every day you have to go in and be your best self. And um, and I think that's unique to the United States. But on the other side of that, it brings this uncomfortability and you knowing that you're not safe. And it is 18 players and that's a, a limited amount of players. And 
Um, so yeah, every single day you're like, what can I do better to get that little edge, that 1%, that half a percent, um, to be your best self. Let's take a quick break from our interview with Lynn Williams and Sam Mewis. And I'll ask you a question. Do you ever want to watch Spain's La Liga and France's Ligue 1, currently the best title races in Europe, and get frustrated because they're not available on your cable or satellite system? You should try a streaming service I use that I love. It's called Fanatis, and you can watch all the action from La Liga, Ligue 1, Copa Libertadores, and other international leagues and tournaments live and on demand from your favorite device, whether it's a mobile phone, a tablet, or directly on your TV with the Fanatis app. You can also watch top leagues from Austria, Turkey, Brazil, and Argentina. Fanatis features channels you know, like BN Sports and English and Spanish, the Women's Soccer Channel, ATA Football, Gold TV, and many more. And it costs as little as $7.99 a month. If you'd like to try Fanatis for yourself, you can get a free week-long trial by clicking on the link in the episode description or by going to fntz.co slash grant hyphen fz. Thank you very much to Fanatis for sponsoring this episode. Fanatis, the world's largest stadium. I mean, Sam, like, you're competing for a spot too. Um, and and you've been over in England this season. Um after being in the U.S. for for so many years, playing your club ball, how has it been different over there for you? And and do you, you know, try to watch other national you know players from the U.S. national team on in their club games on TV over there, or is that just difficult? Well, it's been great. I have really enjoyed my time here at Man City. Um, I feel like. I've been exposed to the game from kind of a different perspective, which has been really interesting for me. Um, and I think that I value what I learn in both leagues so much. I, I would say that the NWSL is a little bit more transition um, and the WSL is just a little bit more structured. But who we face with the national team, there's both. So I feel like I've gotten this whole season of working on playing in a really tight pocket in tight spaces, maybe against a low block sometimes. And that's a skill that I have needed to develop. So I'm, I'm so fortunate that I've been here and getting to work on kind of this other aspect of the game. Um, I have been trying to watch all the Challenge Cup games. They're just on so late here um, that usually I just watch the highlights the next day. But um, obviously, um, I love my my courage teammates still, and I, I always support them. So Lynn, you've been getting starts for the women's national team What do you feel like you need to do specifically in the next couple months to get a spot on the Olympic team, whether it's with your your club ball or with the national team? Yeah, I think that I need to, um, you know, continue to showcase what makes me special. Um, I think when you get onto the national team, everybody has that one thing that just makes them stand out. And for me, it's my speed and my ability to like get around the corner and get in behind teams and stretch teams. Um, and so I think for the past couple games, I've maybe gotten away from that a little bit. And so just getting back to that and, and, um, you know, defensive pressure and my ability just to create something, even if I'm not scoring, create for other people. So just getting in behind and being the best Lynn I can possibly be. And if that works out in my favor, it does. And if it doesn't, then well, life goes on. Sam, ESPN recently came out with its top 50 women soccer players in the world list, and you were number one. How did you react to that? Um, I think I think my first reaction was like, 
that was like I feel like a little premature like I <laughs> I think that like obviously everybody wants to like feel recognized for their hard work but it's it's it taught me that it is so much better when I feel like I'm playing well and I feel like I've done something special and helped the team win so I think that it was an interesting lesson for me that it like winning individual awards maybe isn't as fulfilling as you might imagine going through your career. Um, and I also think I just realized that like winning a trophy with your team is just so much better. Like I, nobody was around. I was just kind of like, okay, like this is weird. And like, I feel weird about it. Um, it's obviously an honor, but I would way rather be in the locker room, like popping champagne with everybody way rather win a team trophy. So it was a, it was a good lesson for me. So you mentioned this a couple minutes ago. I've learned all sorts of things on your podcast, including that Lynn's boyfriend, Marley, is on a reality TV show right now in Australia, and that more adult women than I realize don't wash their bed sheets and bathroom towels every week. Um, I thought that was just a guy thing uh, for adults. Uh, I'm just going to say, in in my defense... I do shower in the locker room a lot. So the towel thing, sometimes I don't take a shower at my house. That is such a good point, Lynn. We should have said that. Yeah. But the sheets and thing. I hope everybody hears this. But the sheets thing, that's yeah, a little unacceptable. But the towel thing, like we don't shower at our home every single day. So. Well, we travel a lot too. Yeah, exactly. I don't shower every night. Exactly. So we, we're in, we're uh, just put an asterisk by washing sheets and you you guys you have made some of my guy friends feel better about their own habits. So thank you for that. Um, in terms of the podcast itself, I you, uh, Sam, you mentioned this right before we started recording. You might have some questions for me. Do you have any? Are there is there anything I can provide tip wise for you guys as yes. you do your podcast? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I think I would just want to know like what your if you could give us one tip on podcasting. What's what do you think is the most important thing? Oh man, um, well having listened to your podcast, you, you guys are off to a really good start. the The best advice I ever got early on in my journalism career was when I was an intern at the Miami Herald. And my sports editor said, ask questions you don't know the answer to. And it sounds kind of obvious, but the more you think about it, it's actually kind of brilliant because, and you guys are certainly aware of this because you get asked a lot of questions by media members as pro athletes. But so often, especially in post-game situations, a journalist is writing a story and he wants to get, he or she wants to get a quote from an athlete about the game. And the journalist will steer you into saying sort of what the journalist is looking for, if that makes sense. Yep. But, but then the <laughs> question, but then you're like, what are we actually learning from that? Right? Because you're asking a question that you kind of know the answer to. So if, in my experience, whether it's a post-game interview, whether it's a podcast interview, whether it's a feature story, I want to be, I, I want to have followed everything and be prepared, but then, you know, get curious. Think of what, what are some questions that I actually don't know the answer to. And sometimes 
you'll get some really good answers that you and everyone can learn from. And, and that's sort of why I would say ask questions you don't know the answer to. Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like that's such great advice. And I even feel like on this podcast, I've you've asked questions that I haven't answered a million times, which is nice <laughs> to give an authentic answer that I haven't already talked about. I thought it, I hope it made it better. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And, and that's why I try to do that because I know that you guys don't want to get the same questions all the time. And, and it's in my interest as the interviewer, or if you have your podcast as the interviewer of each other to, to not, I mean, to, to keep people on their toes and, and, and make for an interesting conversation, if that makes sense. And that can apply whether you're interviewing or talking, asking questions to each other, or if you have guests, um, you know, in my experience over the years, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time. And so like a lot of times I'll have interviewed someone before. And so that it, it gets a little easier over time where you guys obviously have great familiarity with each other. Um, you know, like I will say some of the toughest interviews I've done or the biggest challenges have been like, if I'm being given uh, a magazine cover story on Mario Balotelli, like I was a few years ago, and literally know I have like 30 minutes to sit down with him, and I have just met him, and and try to establish some sort of instant rapport, and then ask him like kind of personal questions. It's a little ridiculous when you think about it. So, you know, at least with you guys, you have that familiarity and my guess is with the guests that you have who are going to come on that you'll have that as well so you you won't have to worry about that as much that's such great advice though i think that that would help us a lot um because you're right sometimes i'll be like so sam how do you feel about blah 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 and i'm like we just talked about this before this <laughs> podcast i know exactly how you feel about that. <laughs> but i mean even like when i was a sideline reporter on television which was like a harder job than you might think. Like sometimes the obvious question after a game is something that you actually don't know the answer to, but like it's not the most genius sounding question. Like your thoughts on the game, question mark. That's, that's often the fir very first question I'll ask because I don't know exactly what you're gonna say instead of like trying to steer you towards something. Yeah, I feel like from a journalist perspective too, you could like definitely get some hot answers out of that. <laughs> That you like didn't expect someone could just like flip out you'd be like okay <laughs> I, I was the guy at the 2016 olympics who asked hope solo how uh her thoughts on the game after the sweden game and that's when she uh she called the swedes cowards that that was me and and like part of that was because hope was familiar with me and, and knew I wasn't trying to like, you know, steer in any direction. I just wanted to get her thoughts and she gave them, um, which is a long and different story, which we won't go into on this podcast. Yeah, we're just going to steer away from that. We're just <laughs> going to swerve away from that conversation. And um, well, I guess another question though I have is, we, like Sam alluded to before, we will write like bullet points down to talk about do you normally write more bullet points than you're going to talk about? Because we ran through those so quick and we were like, uh, <laughs> you know, like I think it's always good to be prepared and over prepared. So like if I, you know, I 
will write out questions and bullet points for every interview I do on this podcast. And I think this is like episode 103 over the last year. So like, but I think it's important to freelance and to go off script, especially based on if there's something that if I'm interviewing someone or you guys are talking to each other and one of you says something really interesting that you weren't expecting, well, go off on that tangent and and follow that thread and 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 don't get nervous about oh are we going off script or anything like that because a lot of times that's the best stuff is in the end the stuff that you didn't necessarily plan to to go down and i do think the podcast medium helps with that i mean like just because it's not the most formal situation in the world and you know what you can always edit if you if you need to do that um and yeah that's what i would say that was very helpful we we are (laughs) going to take that advice yeah from episode one to episode two though like even just recording i think we improved a lot like the amount of times we stopped in episode one and we're like are we doing this right is that right what do we talk about ah and to episode two like it i think it flowed way better but it's, yeah, yeah, it, it's good guys I, I don't worry about it i mean like um i would also say just we're still in a pandemic here hopefully for not much longer but like the two podcast interviews i do a week like this are some of my favorite kind of social moments of the of a week because i it's not like i'm hang, we're hanging out with our friends all that much and um you know like it, it's really enjoyable i hope you guys are enjoying what you're doing because it sounds like you are um I do have a couple more questions before we sign off here, and I appreciate your time on this. Um, and I guess one of them would be, you know, we're recording this on a Friday. We're coming out on Monday. You're at different points in your club seasons. How do both of you feel right now about where you are with your club teams? I feel good. Um, we have a game this weekend against West Ham. It's our last game of the regular season. Um, there is a chance that if things went our way this weekend, like we are still in contention to win the league. So we are planning on just taking care of business on our end. And when the whistle blows, we'll see what happens. But, um, it's been, uh, a crazy year. I feel like I've gotten so many new experiences and again, just grateful for the opportunity and really grateful for like the friends that I've made here. I was like almost surprised by how quickly I grew to love the girls so much. How about you, Lynn? Yeah, we are just starting our season. Our first game is on the 15th. And um, obviously a little bit sad that we are not in the Challenge Cup final. But with the season being so long and I don't think we have an, a bye week ever, um, I've tried to change my perspective to this. we need this weekend off to get prepared for this long season. Um, and I'm excited. I think that going off a of last game and that where we can build off of um, our defensive shape and, and our attacking presence, um, I'm just excited to see all the pieces come together and get the season going because last year was weird. And I'm happy to see like a normal schedule finally out. The other last question I've got is, you know, Just Women Sports has another podcast with your national team teammate, Kelly O'Hara. Are, can you promise me that you guys are not so competitive that you're going to like be competitive over like your download numbers and asking people about that stuff? I don't think we can make any promises about that. 
But I will say that I feel like the podcasts are like really different and I think we would love to be on Kelly's and Kelly hopefully will come on ours sometime. So hopefully it's more of a team effort, but we all know that within the team, there's plenty of competition. So we'll see how it goes. Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams played together for years with the North Carolina Courage. They are playing together now, obviously with the U.S. women's national team as we get closer to the Olympics. Thanks, guys, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It's been fun. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening to Football with Grant Wall. I'd like to thank Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams, as well as producer Chris Whittingham. If you like the podcast, you could do me a huge favor and hit that subscribe button and provide a rating and a review. I'm back soon with another interview of someone from the soccer world. Be safe, everyone. See you next time.